The Weekly Dish podcast is brought to you by Lakewinds Co-op in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield with delivery from Instacart. There's no membership required to shop at Lakewinds. All are welcome. Check out lakewinds.com, and if you can't make it to a Lakewinds, please visit your local food co-op in the neighborhood near you. Hey, dishers, I know you're busy cooks with busy lives and you don't have time to read every label. You just want to buy your organic apples and celery and ground nut butter for dipping. And I know it's that easy. You want something that's not full of chemicals and preservatives, and apples and celery are part of the Dirty Dozen. The Dirty Dozen is a list of fruits and veggies that are typically grown using lots of pesticides and other chemicals, but when you shop at Lakewinds Co-op, you can shop with confidence knowing that you are cooking with high-quality food from farms and businesses that pay fair wages, and they grow their food in ways that are good for the planet with no pesticides, chemical-free. They have product standards in all their departments, and their produce is 95% organic and as local as they can get it when, of course, it's not winter. But you can feel good about shopping there. There's no membership required. Everyone's welcome to shop at the co-op. And you can find all of their products in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, or Richfield in the store, or you can now get delivery from Instacart. Find more information at lakewinds.com. Everybody and welcome to the Weekly Dish. You're Stephanie March, and you are Stephanie Hansen. Yes, we are, and hope our producer is here. We have wiped down our facility. We, <laughs> oh boy, when we, you talk about just general cleanliness, I would I, say the Hubbard Broadcasting Studios is not high on the cleanliness list. Can, am I the only one who thinks that all hand sanitizer smells like tequila? And now all I want are margaritas. Is that me? That's fantastic. I know. Every that's time I, I smell have, hand sanitizer, now I'm going to be like, huh. I'm like, oh, let's have margaritas, guys. In fact, I want a margarita right now. <laughs> <laughs> I had kind of a funny moment that I haven't told you about this morning. Oh, so. I have um, general. I have general pandemic fears. Anyway, you do. I'm the person who filled her tub on Y2K. And My favorite the, story is of you not walking into the Mall of America during the bird flu, which yep. never even got to this country. And yep. you were like, I had a panic sure. attack at the yeah. door yep. and had to go to Sam's Club and buy 20 pounds of rice. Mm-hmm. And so, with that as your background, you can understand how I'm managing, which I'm you're actually proud good. to say I'm doing pretty good. I think you're doing great. One of the things I did, though, is I did what everybody else did and tried to find copious amounts of hand sanitizers and supplies. And the hand sanitizer was running low. And I had read that you can make it with aloe vera. Yes. So I got my supplies and I made my hand sanitizer and I posted it on Instagram. And uh, someone who I admire very much, who's a musician in town, who's fantastic, Chan Poling, who lives in my neighborhood. He said, I'll he goes, I'll come over and pay you a thousand dollars for your hand sanitizer. I was like, I've arrived. And I've arrived. I can have a whole cottage industry of yes. hand sanitizer sales. I love this. So that made me really laugh. I love this. Yeah, it was super funny. Um, yeah, no, and let's be clear if you guys are making your own hand sanitizers, because my mom made hers as well. And you know Your weekly dishers are the people that are making hand guys, sanitizer. DIY, I know you are. Dishers, we know. We love you. But I mean, just the fact that everyone's like, what's the recipe? What's the recipe for the hand sanitizer? I'm like, yes, we can do this, guys. And just so you know, it is just aloe vera and it's a rubbing alcohol. Now, the key for this, of course, you mix it up together. The rubbing alcohol has to be above 70%. I think it has to be above 60%, but 70% to 90% is what they sell to be effective to kill the uh, the germs. 
Okay. And, and just to be clear, I know that there's a big argument out there about like if hand sanitizer, you know, is actually effective against a virus. And it is according. I mean, these, apparently the virus is very delicate and that, you know, the idea that it breaks down from soap and sanitizer is great. Let's just say this, though. What a great week for soap, huh? <laughs> soap yes. is having a great week. <laughs> you know, it's I interviewed a guy on my Makers of Minnesota podcast, and it's an interesting one to listen to. His name was Paul. He was a University of Minnesota um, scientist. I can't remember his last name. And it was like two years ago, but it's the great soap molecule is the name of the episode. Oh, yeah. And he had developed like a new soap molecule for the University of Minnesota that will make them like millions of dollars. Let's do it. Because soap is a giant industry, apparently, because it cleans everything. Well, Clorox is up. Kimberly Clark, they're up. All the stuff. Those stocks are up. Those are great. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, so here we are today on yeah. uh, weekly dish. Wait, quickly. I do want yeah. to mention that there were, did you hear about the Tito's thing though? No, just quickly. People, were, <laughs> Tito's had to, Tito's vodka had to put out an actual statement that says, please don't think that washing your hands with Tito's vodka is going to do anything. There's not enough. It's like, it's not, that's alcohol. It's not rubbing alcohol. No, it's, it's not. It's drinking alcohol. It's vodka. <laughs> And it's barely that. It's just gluten-free, like, puffs of booze. That's what it is. So just remember, if you are going to, you know, make your own, it's not about the drinking alcohol. It is the rubbing alcohol. That's funny. Yeah, I know. Okay, all right. So let's save the drinking alcohol for when we're quarantined and really need it. This is it, right? (laughs) I mean, right? This is it. Oh, okay. For those of you that are sick of hearing about this, I get it, too. Like, my girlfriend yesterday was like, I'm sorry. If I hear one more thing about the coronavirus, I am just going to explode. She was like, I just, I freaked So she goes on and on and on. And then we get done having the conversation because I'm like, well, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. But okay. She texts me later and she goes, oh, I just realized how insensitive that was. I know that you have real pandemic fears. And that was very insensitive of oh. me to just push you to the side. And so it was kind of a funny conversation. I was like, as my friend, you know, like you are insensitive inadvertently a thousand times a day with your real friends. (laughs) (laughs) So I am not taking offense here. And if I was, I would tell you, hey, knock it off. You're bothering me. Right, right. No, listen. And so, you know, the the one thing I don't want is I never want to like, especially because I think we have a responsibility as we have a platform to then be responsible with that platform. And so I never want to cause a panic. No, and I'm traveling today, friends. Yeah, you're good. I am going to Las Vegas for four days on a plane. Going out to restaurants. I'm going to an event. I've been to three restaurants this week. So, and I, that's the reason that I, if you guys didn't see it, I'll put it on the Facebook page. I don't think I shared it there yet. Was I wrote a a story for MSP Mag about how restaurants are kind of dealing with, you know, getting ready for coronavirus, for the outbreak. And, you know, of course, we did have one confirmed case, you know, in Minnesota or, you know, uh, as of yesterday, the governor. uh, Yeah, someone at the cruise, which of course leads me to again double down on dudes. Let's just not cruise. Okay. Um, People like it. I know. I know. But uh, what I'm saying with restaurants is, is that I what I want you guys to understand is that restaurants, not only are they held to a super high level of cleanliness anyway, because of health departments and everything else, more than like, you know, many other places you go, like movie theaters and gas stations and dry cleaners and all this kind of stuff. They've already got the hand washing. They've got a lot of cleansers all around you. But um, they're doubling down. They're really, really caring about their staff and trying to get people to stay home and, and giving them paid, you know, the paid time off in Minneapolis to stay home if you're not feeling well. So hopefully, you know, we're not going to see this thing where if we all go into the self-quarantine where restaurants are going to be really challenged with how they stay alive. 
I loved in that article, uh, Stephanie Shimp, I think, talked about how there's a lot of people thinking about to-go opportunities and how to package them mm-hmm. and how to get delivery. Because mm-hmm. that is that is a real thing if you can make that work. And people are, that's what's happening in Wuhan, China, actually, Yeah, is they're feeding a lot of these people with takeout food. Yeah, well, and I mean, there's, yeah, and there's a lot of stuff about in terms of, you know, gathering spaces. Obviously, the big public spaces where they're talking about canceling South by Southwest, that's thousands and thousands of people all in, you know, these Yeah, they just don't want them amassing together. Yeah, and so, like, having the idea that you can still go to your neighborhood restaurant is not, you know, I think it's uh-huh. it's a different thing, and I think it's a, I think it's okay personally, and I'm going to continue to do it. So, um, we have a great show today. Yes, and we are going to talk about lots of fun things, like Stephanie kind of wrinkled her nose up at me, but I'm going to explain myself in a minute. <laughs> we have two things that I want to talk about today, and one is catering, and the other one is I want to um, just talk about some of the suburban eating situation because we get razzed a lot about that we don't talk about enough suburban spots we're going to talk about that um we're going to talk about some airport eats because i am going to the airport today (laughs) this uh, is service-based journalism for you (laughs) well it's a it is true it is true and then we're going to talk about patios and we got to talk to an hour two we have on the facebook page you guys the question um we just kind of popped it up because today is this weekend is really the beginning of a lot of patio seasons for a lot of people um, and they said, so we did a patio roll call and we asked, you know, who's open? Well, if you've seen people open, have you heard of restaurants having their rooftops, whatever open? And so that's on the Facebook page. We want to keep that as a good source for everybody. So add in if you know people. We've already had Patisserie 46 say that they are rocking the patio with mimosas already. Uh, Hewing has has chimed in and said that the rooftop patio at the Hewing is open. Nice. I know. Um, someone else, Jen, said that she saw that B fifty twos in Invergrove Heights is opening their rooftop tomorrow. Snack Shack will be open today too. Yep, and I saw that Terzo's Porchetta window was open. Oh, I, like I know. That. I just drove by it yesterday, and I was like, wait a minute, that Porchetta window is a like hidden little gem in the city. It's so good. I love that place. I know. Terzo's at fiftieth and Penn. Mm-hmm. Great wine list, mm-hmm. like really good Italian wine list. Well, and beyond that, and they have cocktails. They started having cocktails, you know, within the last year or so. The other thing I love about them is that they are, um, they, they've they really upped their game. Like they started with a little bit snackier, small plates, almost like a waiting room for mm-hmm. Broder's kind of an idea and across the street. And really they have, they're, they have a great, great pasta game there. Like they have really, really dialed into Yum. some really beautiful dishes, and they actually have a something called a pizza fisto, I think, and it's like a three course dinner for like thirty bucks. I love it. I know. All right, we're gonna go ahead and we are gonna take a break, and when we come back, we have some talk about catering because I know a lot of you are starting to think about graduations and summertime events. So we're gonna talk a little bit about catering when we come back on the weekly dish. Welcome back to the Weekly Dish, friends. Thank you for listening on this glorious Saturday morning. Stephanie, I think you, we missed your weather report, so uh, perhaps gorgeous. you want to cover off on that. Uh, my weather report for today is, oh my God, get out there. Now, yeah. it's you know what? This morning, it was just a little chilly as I was leaving the house, and I thought I'd put on the scarf. By the time I got here, the sun on my car was enough to be like, we're in it. We're Can done. we just say, too, like the winter had some ups and downs because we got a lot of snow. 
but like it's been really great the it's, last month. Well, comparatively to last year, and and granted, I'm also very wary. Do you remember last yeah, year? Yeah, we'll probably get a dump. The last two Aprils, we've had massive 18 inch snowstorms. So I just want to be be like yeah. aware. But I would be fine if we got a huge melt and got rid of every all the snowpack and then got another dumping. Yep, I'd be fine with that because you know it's like you can get through. You yeah. know you're close to the end. Yeah, no, I have put away the puffer coat. And I am now only on the thin wool and vests. That's okay. what I got. I never even got to wear the fur coat that I got from great, great grandma this year. Oh, I did. I know. I, <laughs> I saw wore, you. I wore my furs a lot this year. Um. All right. So something happened. I got an email. And when I got the email, I was like, you know, I don't have a good resource for this anymore. I feel like I needed to up my game. So here was the email that I got. It said, hey, Steph, I'm getting married on September 19th at Lake Elmo. We're having the rehearsal dinner at a family member's home in Lake Elmo. Any suggestions for a good restaurant to cater and provide bartending services at the home for the event? Any thoughts would be so helpful. And right away, there's there's a lot of caterers that don't have the bartending piece of this equation. So I was like, well, right away, I know Certix could do it. So there's that. Um, also a proper pour. Yes, they and that's do bartending. Case and Sus for bartending. He's one of my favorite guys to sort of set up a bar situation for people. As I was thinking about it, though, I was like, well, a lot of the catering people that I used to just refer in the past aren't necessarily doing that anymore. So I wanted to just talk a little bit about catering because I think people are going to be doing spring and summer events. So we're going to talk about catering. Okay. Um, and I got some well, great also, suggestions. Also because of, you know, I mean, uh, sorry, graduation party is coming. Yes. yes. That's also a big piece of this. And I was also thinking about this is the week where we have had the opportunity to read about Chow Girls because they're going to be celebrating their 16th anniversary coming up. Can't believe it's 16 years. I know. It seems so weird, doesn't it? Because yeah. remember when they first started? Yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, and Chow Girls was one of the first like organic caterers and they were paying a lot of attention to sustainability pretty yeah. early on. Fresh food. I wouldn't say organic because that's an actual certification. But I mean, like they've really, really tried to do farm fresh and really kind uh-huh. of think outside the box. So they're still kicking it 16 years later. They're celebrating their sweet 16. Um, so I just kind of put it out on the Facebooks like, hey, when you someone asked, wanted to know someone that could cater in their home like a small dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, I contacted Scurzo Table. This is a guy that he does restaurant pop-ups and also restaurant-like seatings in his home. But he will go out and he will do like a small dinner for someone at your house. So yeah. um, Scurzo, S-C-H-E-R-Z-O, Scherzo Table, yeah. if you're interested in that. Um, Joy wanted uh, Joy Summers was like, hey, how about all the food trucks that they do catering? And I wasn't sure about food trucks. Like, is a food truck for most of the catering where they pull up and it's the truck and you eat out of the truck? Or is it that they will do catering in addition to the food truck services? They all have different capabilities with that. I would say that there are some that just need that have to go right from the truck. Or maybe if you, I mean, like they kind of, most of the graduation parties, you just want the truck to pull yeah. up and have people walk up to it. So that's good. And the, people ask us all the time. And I will say Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine has a fantastic food truck resource. Well, I, I would say what we have had in the past is what we have. Food trucks are really hard to keep track of and to really catalog because they don't tell us if they exist anymore. And so we don't have the necessarily, we're trying to work to get our resources up to get that checked, but it's not as great as it used to be. Okay. I'll just give that as a caveat because I don't want... 
because there are people who aren't on there who could be on there. There's people who are on there who no longer exist, but like we have to do the legwork to track yeah, that down. Well, you know, one thing know. I do want to mention though is Vivo Italian Kitchen. They have a huge food truck that actually does plated dinners out of it. So cool. yeah, so it's it's the Vivo food truck, and I think I I don't I was trying to look it up, but well, create catering. We'll do uh, catering and also um, a dinner setting. And Quince is another caterer. Those are that, yeah, those are. And I mean, the thing about Create Catering, what's great is they'll do offsite, but they also have the studio. Yeah, if you wanted to rent it for like a small wedding or a smaller um, bachelor, what is it called, bachelorette or a bachelor party or a brunch, yeah. they do lots of cool things over there. Yeah, um, Cafe Time in Chanhassen has a lot of gluten free, dairy free, and other dietary restricted options. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can take home or they have in-home services available. So if you wanted to do something in your home and you have a lot of dietary needs, that could be a good idea. Um, let's see what else here. Um, I should be, um, there is a, um, you know, I probably should have like had a list of this before instead of just reading it to you on the air. And I'm sorry if I'm doing that, but now I'm in it and I'm just going to continue oh on. Uh, there is House of Gristle, which is Chef Jamita Raspberry. Mm-hmm. And she's one of the up and coming chefs um, that was recognized by the Charlie Awards. And I mean, obviously, you know, we always talk about El Burrito, you know, do, being able to do their kind of stuff. I think the big thing with restaurants is looking to see a lot of them are trying to really grow their catering arms because of the fact that they know that so many people have there are so many events needed and stuff. Uh-huh. So, you know, if you do have a favorite restaurant, just call them and see if they'll do, you know, what kind of catering they'll do. Even, you know, when you consider like my daughter's wedding, you know, we had animales barbecue as one of the you know the ribs and it was not that he has like this catering system that he comes in and sets things up but it was the idea that you can either he's like you can either pick up the ribs or i can drop them off or i could you know there's all these different options of for restaurants i think as long as you're creative and as long as you're looking at uh how it can benefit both of you someone wanted to they were doing uh i thought this was cool for like an incentive lunch they wanted a chef to come in and cook for eight yeah. In their office. So yeah. you're not, obviously, you have a microwave there. Yeah, so. that's a little tough. But they got someone that came. I made a recommendation and they hired the person and they came with like a really elevated um, box lunch type situation where they had like the boards and really just made it super nice in that regard. Yeah. No, I think that's a great idea. And I think that there's, you know, again, you should just talk to, there's a lot of people out there who, you know, have side gigs or, you know, they kind of are cool with like, they know someone who's like doing private chef work. I'm going to double down on the whole thing, the eat with thing with, you know, uh, Bill Somerville, the he who does things in his house, you know, he has the dinners in his house and he brings in local chefs who are he like pays them to kind of do the dinner with him. And so that's like a gig that they have. And so if you're interested, I'd reach out to him and say, who would you recommend who's up for doing some side gigs like that? And I think, too, we forget about and shouldn't uh, people like Lakewinds Co-op, the Wedge Co-op, Kowalski's, Lunds and Byerly's. Oh, my God. The grocery stores have such great catering arms. And they're very flexible. Like yeah. if you wanted to do something in your home, they may be able to get it set up so that you're just plating or you're finishing, you know, like yeah. I think if you talk with them, they're really good about helping to put that together. And I mentioned Certix at the outset, but I know for them, like they'll do entire plated meals and give you written instructions yeah. on how to complete it if yeah. that's something that you want to do. Um, so there's a lot of great catering options. Fabulous Catering came up 
also Crave uh, does catering in a lot of big venues, but they will do some smaller, different types of in-home situations as well. So there's the bigger ones like Lancer catering, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of things. They I do mean, like the zoo. Yeah. I mean, there's huge events and things that you could find things for. But if you're looking for more of like smaller in-home things, I think I would I think I would tend to go with the kind of food that you think you like. Maybe look at some restaurants and see if you can work some sort of a deal with them. You know what else would be super fun? Kitchen Window has the big paella pans and they do like paella events. Well, cafe, the the Guava Cafe does too. Like yeah. that was Frank Marsano who does his own paella company. So cool. I know. That'd be something fun to try. So just wanted to touch on catering. I know a lot of you guys are planning it. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. You're listening to The Weekly Dish. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Uh, we are so very happy to be joined in studio by some actual superheroes, actually. We've got the Aquavit Hunger Force in studio with us today, uh, which is basically we have Patrick Orloff, we have John Olson, and we have Ellie Manthe, who are all here to talk about doing good. And drinking well. Is that not correct? Do you think that that's right? Yeah, it's, it's pretty accurate. Get right up to the <laughs> Not using your booze to make hand sanitizer. Right. right? Yes. This, is, this is the number one thing, right? We're not going to do that, yeah. right? Yeah. We're going to actually put the insides. We're going to sanitize the insides, maybe. Mm-hmm. That's also mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about what we have going on today. Yeah. So uh, today we brought in a couple uh, bottles of Akavi that we wanted to kind of talk about. So basically... Akavi Hunger Force, there's kind of two rules to it. One is feature Akavi uh, yeah. bars and restaurants right now. It's Akavi, yeah. not Akavi. Yeah, you don't want me to keep saying Aquavit. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. No, that's, yeah, you can, you can go tomato, for that. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. There's a lot of different pronunciations of it. Okay, so. say it yeah. one more time. I'd say Aquavit. Okay. Yes. Akavit. But, uh, I'm the rule. You can say, say it, 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 so you can say it however it comes out. Yeah, I say Akavit. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. okay. All right. Good to know. All right. But, but yeah, so we brought in a couple just to kind of talk about and, in show and tell us uh, what the hunger force is yeah so the hunger force was actually kind of a collaboration between myself patrick mike mccarran who uh, works with gamaliode as a brand of akavi yes and uh yeah essentially again the two rules feature akavi and raise money for charity so we teamed yeah. up with harvest pack yep so we're channeling it kind of towards one charity but uh, it's going to be at bars and restaurants around town, and people are donating. Maybe it's a dollar per cocktail. Maybe it's an event. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that later. Uh, <laughs> and basically uh, trying to funnel all this throughout the entire week next week um, to Harvest Pack. Great. So it's Aquavit Week. It's, it's basically Aquavit <laughs> Hunger Force Week. I like it. I yeah. love this. So this is and this is a big thing. You know, uh, you know, in the magazine we wrote about Aquavit and sort of really talked about what that is and really this whole tradition, which is kind of a minnesota i mean we want to own it right i mean we want to definitely be like we are the center of all aquavit but it's really becoming a national phenomenon people are loving it all across the board right so why what what do you think the charm is i mean it's it's one of those things that this does touch a piece of heritage for some folks who are scandinavian like if you put this in front of of people whose grandparents essentially are first gen like they will be like oh something that my my nana talked about and stuff like that um but also it's just a really interesting spirit there's Nothing really like it outside of this category. It is its own. It's its own thing. Um, but just the savoriness of it is really fun to play around with in cocktails. Um, specifically, like we have Mike's Gamaliode, which is like probably the you know, kind of the first. I think that was the first one the, I ever. The, the tip of the iceberg yeah. for this for this market for yeah. sure. Which is very. It's a. It's a kind of like an iconoclast. Like it is very. It's uh, stylistically very different than most traditional aquavit. Dill is not like the main 
fresh, no, especially fresh yeah. dill. I'm going to tweet a picture out so people yeah. can see these. Fresh dill is very uncommon in the in the Akavit world. And so oh. like his is so specific and different. And then we have like the Ida Graves, which I think it's really like, human forward. So yep. it's like really, really savory in that direction is too. And then the Tattersall one, which is what I brought, um, is very like uh, a little more traditional, which is like a lot of caraway seed. That's kind of probably the most main botanical you're going to find in a lot of Akavits, a lot of caraway seed yeah. and a lot of fennel. Okay. They're two very kind of like classic botanicals. So like pumpernickel, rye bread, plus like licorice, um, which are two pretty common Akavit um, flavors. Um, but yeah, dude, it's a very, there are regional differences between all these different Scandinavian countries. So it's a really cool spirit to see how it does change from place to place. So you want to say that it's like, I mean, like, I don't want to say it's a gin. I don't want to say it's a vodka. It's its own thing is what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. It's kind of, um, a, a really kind of straightforward way that I think we like to talk about is that it's kind of like a, a Scandinavian or like a Nordic gin. So where okay. gin is essentially, it was like a flavored vodka, right? It right. was a neutral spirit and then flavored with juniper. Well, with Akavit, you've got a spirit that's predominantly caraway and or dill flavored. Yeah. So as long as it kind of has those initial forefront flavors, from there you could add, you know, crazy other botanicals, yeah. flowers, citrus, things like that. Like with the Ida Graves, there's a little bit of cumin. There's juniper in there as well. There's fresh fennel. Fantastic to right? smell <sighs> them side by side and how different they each are. Yeah. Because yeah. I have the Tattersall one that's kind of more... Um, a savory, like hearty, I guess, caraway and yeah. makes you think of like breads Bread. and yeah. Um, but the dill one is smelled like fresh, like ginger well, or not so just green. like a gin and tonic. Yeah. yeah like yeah. I wanted to, well, like, yeah, you think about all the cucumber flavor, yeah, you know, things like a that Hendrix are coming. Gin I feel like and that the botanicals. really was there way before that. Yeah. And it, to me, that is that same sort of fresh idea. I don't know. I love that stuff. Well, yeah, I think uh, kind of the contrast between, you know, whatever, say, your favorite gin is, if it's like aviation gin, Hendrix gin, Tattersall gin, you know, yeah. and Gosh. just the, the <laughs> um, and just Tattersall the barrel yeah, gin. Yes. Exactly, yeah. You're really uh, getting specific for me. Right. Um, and just the, the differences between those gins, Akavit kind of falls in that category, too. And there's also some kind of strong connections. So usually like Danish Akavits are a little bit more this way, a little bit more fresh dill, where Norwegian Akavits are usually barrel aged. So they yeah. get kind of a different... So there's a pretty, pretty great spectrum to it. Can I ask? Oh, sorry. Like, so our show is um, regular people and real dishers, right? Like people that really care. If you go to a bar and you're not familiar with the spirit, how would you like order it? Or what can you say if you're like interested and you want to try it, but you don't want to sound like a total rube? Yeah. Hey, bartender. Yeah. Hey, bartender. Um, I think like one easy and very approachable way to to maybe start to taste some of these is to find a gin cocktail that you're particularly fond of, and then ask that it be made with an akavit. Okay, I like um, that idea. That's that, perfect that for me. That was my initial crash course in this sort of spirit category. You know, it started for me by making a gimlet with akavit rather uh -huh. than gin. Okay. Um, which is a simple kind of essentially three ingredient cocktail and by changing the Akavit you get a completely different cocktail and then you can kind of branch out and maybe get more complex after that um, some of those barrel aged Akavits are really beautiful and like stirred cocktails like Manhattan and old-fashioned variations mm -hmm. so find a cocktail that you like and then just kind of 
say, hey, bartender, make a substitution for me, and they should they should be okay. and more that, than happy to do that. And that is Elliot Manthe, who owns a co-owner of Meteor Bar. That is correct. Do you have a, an Akavit cocktail right now on the menu at Meteor? We do. We have an Akavit cocktail that um, it's it, it sounds a little strange on paper when I talk about <laughs> it. But it, it's really kind of fun and like whimsical. Uh, it, so it's um it's like a silver fizz, if you will. So an egg white cocktail. Oh, it has akavit and and root beer in it actually. Really? Yeah. yeah. The the combination of like I'm the, down. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm down for that. So it's like kind of the botanicals, like savory akavit botanicals, and then sarsaparilla and the kind of vanilla note that you get from yeah. the root beer works that, really when well. When you can together. use the word sarsaparilla in a sentence, yeah. that is crafty. That is a quarter. <laughs> you win a quarter. Kind of crazy how versatile akavit is, for how powerful and specific the flavor is. It's yeah. really strange. I was telling John the other day, I, I was messing around and I did an akavit black Russian, which. On paper, again, makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> and it was like weirdly good. Yeah. And I was just like, this shouldn't, how I. Yeah, not, okay. okay. <laughs> just go with the yeah. yeah, the magic, right? I'm going to try that later tonight at my bar. Just, just <laughs> that sounds good. Just a little dim. That a sounds great. Dim in there. Just a tiny bit. Yeah, I love that. So let's talk a little bit about the week because we're having a kickoff party, Elliot, at your place on Sunday, right? Yes. So we're hosting the, the Akavit Hunger Force kickoff uh, meteor mm-hmm. uh, from 2 to 6 p.m. So um, we're really excited to... Is that tomorrow Sunday or next week Sunday? Tomorrow, tomorrow Sunday. That okay. is tomorrow Sunday. So we're thinking... Um, so mind your time. Yes. Is the point. Because, yeah. of course, we all know we lose an hour tomorrow. So. Oh, no. I know. I know. I could have really used that hour. Oh, <laughs> Man. Right now. Right now. Yeah. I can bank that. So, right. yeah, we're going to have uh, John and Patrick uh, came up with some cocktails. We're going to have these guys behind the bar. Um, we're going to do a cocktail as well from the Meteor team featuring the kind of the three Akavits that we have in front of us right now. We're going to make some punch, yeah. and uh, we're just going to have kind of a fun afternoon. And 100% of the punch goes towards the Harvest Pack. You want to talk a little bit about Harvest Pack and what they do? Yeah. So Grab your mic. Yeah, so they're a local organization that um, <clears throat> kind of gives basically meals to uh, to children in need, um, both locally around here but also internationally. So they kind of have two different meals that they pack up that are dehydrated. So for local, oh, they, they kind of do vitamin-enriched like granola essentially mm-hmm. for, for breakfast and uh, and lunch. And then they do more of like a, a vitamin-enriched like rice kind of dish to uh, that they can ship all throughout the world. But um, essentially it breaks down to for each quarter for 25 cents provides a meal to that's a child. Amazing. So, awesome. yeah. That's amazing. And Have so a drink, do some good. A lot of yeah. people are doing a dollar for from each cocktail bot towards them, so that's yeah. already a boom. Every every place is gonna have their own specific, you know, promo what they want to do, whether it be like an event, whether it be like a week long thing. We're gonna have a couple liquor stores that are participating as well, which I don't know how they're structuring it either. Um, but it's just the idea, like raise money, do good, however you want. To do what so. are some of the other bars that are doing stuff? <clears throat> yeah, so we're doing uh, so starting at Meteor, but on Monday we've got an event at Palmer's, great. on Tuesday at Bardo, uh, Hodges Bend just across the street oh, here. Great. So we'll be doing a, a little a little ditty. Um, Queen's Cocktail Club, which is a Love really those fun. Ladies. Yeah, they're they're fantastic. They're going to be doing a little pop up at the um, event space behind Martina. Oh, great! Uh, oh, so, great! Yeah, we're doing uh, Hilo's participating. There's yeah. yeah, it's really kind of across the uh, across the board, but. Um, the one other thing I'll say is that we've made it super easy to uh, to donate. So throughout the the Good. Facebook events, there's a link, and even if you can't make it to any of these events, simply by clicking on the link, it all again funnels to this uh, to harvest to harvest pack. pack. And we'll, we'll put it. We'll put a Facebook link up. Yeah, oh, so and that way that way they can find out, and in that space they can find out who's doing what and everything, exactly. and so they can check in and say hi, but then also send money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome.
Awesome. All right. Thanks, yeah. you guys, for Aquavir, being here. Man. Hunger Force on. <laughs> we'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. Oh, that's Sean Mendez. I don't mean to sound like Mrs. Robinson here, but when that kid sings, it's like butter. Like butter. Uh, butter, butter. Brian is our first caller for our Weekly Dish segment. Ask Stephanie where we actually, we think, have working phones. <laughs> what? Woo! What's also funny is... I, I opened up my email the other day, like two days ago, and I got like 12 messages from weekly dishers asking questions. I don't know if they were stuck in a filter, but it was like, boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. So I got all those queued up, too. So, Brian. Hey. Hi, how are you? Good. I'm doing well. Uh, you have a question about fish fry, friend. Well, you covered fish fries last week, and believe last year there were ones that also had pierogies. Anything yes, like that this year. Yes, the Varenki at the Ukrainian uh, Community Center in Northeast. Yep, I they have Northeast. it. Yep, that's the one. They have the pierogi. They have fish. They have meatless spaghetti, and they've got good times. Cool beans. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Okay, I, can I just like this is the magic of this show right there. He asked such a specific question. Stephanie didn't even have to look that up. No. She just like <laughs> rattled that off. Not only yes, this is the pierogi place, but the entire menu. That's impressive. Well, 651-641-1071. Where else do you get that kind of service journalism other than Stephanie It was March? printed. It was also my pick first week of Lent. So that was also okay. Like I did look every Friday on the feed. We're doing a Friday fish fry pick. And so each week I'm going to put a new one up. So that was my first one. 651-641-1071. I would put a plug in for the Maronites for the Lebanese dinner yes, up in Mendota always. Heights, because that's a good one, too. 651-641-1071. We know you guys aren't used to calling because we haven't done calling segments for a while because the phones have been broken, but the phones are not broken now, and I love to talk to you, as does Stephanie. See, I'm being very kind okay. and begging to call today. <laughs> 651-641-1071. We have some questions here. You're also talking really fast, so slow it down. <laughs> oh, wow. Must be the 12th cup of coffee I've yes. had. Okay. So, yeah, we have a lot of questions. On yeah. the, go ahead. Okay, I'm taking a friend from out of town to dinner Saturday night. He's into good design and is a bit of a foodie. Any suggestions for something in St. Paul or the surrounding burbs that would fit the bill? Good design? He's into good design in in St. Paul? Um, um, That's really kind Interesting. of... Interesting. I know. How you about know I think even Meritage when you're talking about Meritage like that it's not I mean good design is like it feels, Heritage building Well the but Meritage feels like a like a like a beautiful Paris you know sort of like a little bar in Paris no matter where you are like I think that that's what I love about Meritage too is that it's just a really beautiful spot I would go to Imbloom in Keg and Case yeah. cuz architecturally that Schmidt brewery complex and well, what they've done with it is cool and having an open hearth the only in, in open hearth yeah. cooking Fantastic. in the twin cities actually in the upper midwest that's a really good one too okay uh let's see uh, la, 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 la. okay i love your show a cookbook of flavor drinks and food pairings was mentioned on the weekly dish in the last month I tried to find it in the podcast, but I'm hoping one of you can remember the exact title. It was that Bible of... It's the Flavor Bible. The Flavor Bible. Yeah. Okay. It's That's what it's called, called. The Flavor Bible. All right. Um, okay. Here's another one. Oh, we have Katie on the phone and she wanted to talk about fish fry. Hi, Katie. How you doing? Hi, Katie. Hello. Hey. Hi, girls. Steph and Steph. Hello. Um, I just wanted to tell you that there's a really inexpensive fish fry on Fridays at the Savage American Legion. Okay, we love our legions. Yep, hand hand battered, light, crispy, 
eight ounce fillets, you get two fillets of Pollock. And then, of course, it's all you can eat. Of all course. right. We love that. That's awesome. Thanks, Katie, for calling. Um, I appreciate that. That is the VFW and Savage. Okay. Um, let's see. Okay. This one is a hard one, Stephanie. Okay. I have a friend coming to visit from Chicago for a weekend in March. We're both in our mid-40s, and we're looking for some fun places downtown to take her. Places for dinner, drinks, maybe dancing. She's never been to Minneapolis before and will only be here for two nights. Any suggestions? She likes to go out and have a good time, so we're up for a good place to eat and then somewhere fun to hang out afterwards. I was, like, stumped on where 40-year-old people hang out afterwards. Like, and there's no dancing. Um, I wish there was. Well. Like the saloon. If I was going to go dancing with my friends, I'd go to the saloon. You know, I don't, I don't, I I say this only because I love my gays. They don't want 40-year-old know, women dancing at the saloon. I know, but so that's I'm going to say go. maybe look at Uptown. I'd buy them all a drink. VFW, you know? Oh, yeah. There's. Is there plenty, dancing there? Yeah. I okay. mean, you know, they have DJs and things like that. Um, you know, there's things like that. Tony Zaccardi spins a mean record at Palmer's. Yeah. Yeah, That's I guess more of a hang, dishes, hang. if you have recommendations for fun dancing ideas, we would take them. But I would say that, uh, gosh, well, I mean, you know, El Nuevo Rodeo has got the salsa going on. You know, there was that cute little place in Uptown that closed, Hickory and Hops, and they were doing salsa, too. I was saying um, for dinner, like Martina and Colita, or Colita would be good and sure. kind of us. Uh, fun, cool representation of what we're doing. Yeah. Also Bachelor Farmer, because they're doing food that would be more Nordic, that would be different. They're not really that Nordic anymore. Okay. You kind of have to pull back. But they do, I mean, uh, they all have, we all have to kind of remember that. But they do have, like, they're really about the foraging right now. So, like, they have wonderfully sourced, you know, stuff like that. But what about, also, I would say, like, you know, what is Minnesota? There's a lot of great food, like, from, um, you know, like, the Hmong cuisine and everything. I would go to the Hmong village and kind of eat around. Maybe, did you see the Big E event in the Pioneer Press? I thought Jess's section did a great job. They did. Um, but I mean, I would maybe think of doing maybe a couple of those things. Okay. Um, we have Joanne on the line with the question. Hi, Joanne. Hi. What's your question, hon? Uh, yeah, thanks. I'm a little troubled. Sorry, I just spilled something. I had to put you on speaker. I'm really embarrassed now. Okay, thank you. So I'm a little <laughs> troubled by what's happening. We have a brand new restaurant in our southern suburb. And they have a restaurant that's owned by privates. They have a restaurant in Minneapolis they've had for 13 years. And I'm really fearful that this place is not going to succeed. The food quality is abysmal, and yet they they say, well, we've been successful for 13 years, but the food industry in this town has changed over the last decade. What makes a restaurant succeed? I wish I'd like to, I'd love to hear a discussion about that. It's things like they're a British restaurant, and they did some really greasy fish and some limp fries. Sure. And I'm wondering, what is it about an owner that can't see that his product is no longer um, current? Yeah, it's a good it's a good conversation. Thanks for calling in. Uh, Steph, maybe we'll talk about that in when we come back from the break, only because um, there was an interesting article that came out this week. I want to say... Was it in the Star Tribune or was it at the no, New York Times? No, it was not in the Star Tribune. It was, are you talking about the one uh, by the counter by Karen Silver, who was talking about how we are in a place where there is, yes. we're not going to talk about that because that needs the full discussion. We need more than a few minutes to talk okay. about that. But I would say this in just a quick moments, because we do have like, I think a couple more yep. minutes left that there is, um, and you know, I was going to post that 
and talk about it, that article about, and there's a few more that are kind of really talking about how we are in a, there's a lot of challenges. It's not a one answer. And this Let's is, talk about it next week. Okay. We'll make a whole segment out okay, of it. Okay. But just in the quick, to give you an idea that there is not one thing, there isn't no, uh, there's nothing I can tell you of to say, Hey, this is why, you know, restaurants are under attack because of, there's so many issues because of between labor costs and, and labor shortages and because of delivery and the way that people are eating these days okay. and all this kind of stuff. But I did want to say that there's, um, you know, a really great thing about giving feedback to your restaurants that are, you know, that you find if you love them and you want them to succeed and you want them to stick around, talk to them. Yeah. Give them the feedback, you know, to them, not publicly, not posting on Yelp and all the stuff. Talk to the managers. If you love them and you want them to succeed, that's how you do that. All right. Uh, we have Kat and Paula on the line. We're going to take you in the next break, Kat and Paula, because I think we're... I think we still have one, well... Uh, Hope, should we take one the next break or can we take one? Let's try to take one. Okay. All right, Kat, we're going to take you. And what is your question? Hi, is, this is Kat. Hi, Kat. Hi. Um, I know that this is a far-fetched question, but if anyone knows, it's a few ladies. We are going on a little day trip today to Lava Shots, the first um, Soren weekend for the Eagles. And I wanted to know if you have any fun spots for lunch. Um, okay. Really, any, anywhere between Lakeville and, and there. All right, Cat. Um, hang on the line. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll answer your question for you. We'll be right back on the Weekly Dish.